pins and the best pins coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. I read an article that said the U.S. Olympic team was too white. And it does feature a lot of Caucasian types. So, I agree. Let's get some black folk in there. Let's teach LeBron to skate. Or maybe the whole damn ball family could take up luge. And after that, let's apply that same discerning eye to the NFL and NBA. Let's get some crackers at cornerback around the Cleveland Cavaliers. Kevin Love looks lonely. Or we could just leave things as they are. The best man or woman gets the job. Best time gets on the Olympic team. It always worked before. Like when Jesse Owens made the U.S. team and kicked Hitler's ass. Jesse Owens, a black guy who somehow made the U.S. Olympic team during one of our darkest eras of racial strife and injustice. Why? Because he had the best time. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. We got a sad state in our country. We are jumping up our own ass. And I realize mostly it's just a couple lunatics on social media. I got one guy as we speak telling me I should ditch raising money for the Lemieux Foundation and work for gun control. He's trying to make me feel bad about helping kids with cancer. Uh, But sometimes it is more than just a couple lunatics on social media. Sometimes it's more than that. I wrote a column in the Trib about the Tom Bradley hire by the Steelers. Tom Bradley had zero to do with the Sandusky scandal when he coached at Penn State. He was in the vicinity. But some seem to feel that should have ended his coaching career. That he should never have worked in football again and gone away and lived in seclusion. He was a bystander. He was in the vicinity. He wasn't McQuarrie. He didn't see it. He wasn't Paterno. He wasn't in charge of it. He was in the vicinity. On a bigger scale, you got Sean White. He won the halfpipe again, whatever that is, at the Olympics. Uh, He made a woman feel uncomfortable a few years ago. Very regrettable. There was a lawsuit. It was settled. Some team to feel that the lawsuit is the story, not the gold medal. Well, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. The gold medal is still the story. It is in no way invalidated. Nobody got arrested. People make mistakes. And then they got the rest of their lives. Friggin' forgive, like the Bible says, and Jebus, or whoever. My guest right now scored a goal last night, and today they took it away. But that's okay because I bet he scores some more. From the Penguins, it's rookie winger Zach Aston Reese. Zach, they took your hey. goal away. That's criminal. Almost 24 hours later, you must be horribly disappointed. Uh, no, not too much. Um, I didn't even realize that they thought it was me until the announcement over the loudspeaker um, at the game. So I was pretty surprised. But um, I, mean, I didn't even feel like go off my skate, so... 
Well, apparently it didn't. And of course, I'm joking about you being crushed, but, <laughs> but, but, but maybe the lesson is that creating traffic in front of the net like you do has to be its own reward sometimes, right? I mean, it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's just as exciting whether you get to go or not to have your team go up 2 1. Um, and all, all the points and stuff, that stuff evens out. I've started to learn throughout my career. So, Now, what exactly, Zach, are you trying to do in front of the net, especially on the power play? Because it's not as simple as it looks, I bet. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, last night in particular, um, you know, you kind of just take a look at uh, goalies' tendencies. Um, and, you know, some teams will have their – in front of the net, so you try to get off to the side of the net. But with Quick, he uh, he tries to look around the screen, and and you just got to take his eyes away. Um, and that's what happened. I don't even think he he reacted until the puck was in the net. Now, now, when when you're in front of the net, obviously you have to not only think about the goalie's tendencies as you described. You have to be careful of not interfering or getting in that blue paint to get a goal waved off because because that that happens all the time in the league right now. How do you avoid that? How much of it's feel? How much of it's sight, and what do you do if the other team tries to put you in that position? Yeah, I mean, a lot. I, for me, a lot of it's just feel, um, you know, on your back. If you if you feel that the goalie is like right up on you, it, you might be a little too tight and maybe stepping in the crease. Um, but you just got to try to try to get good body position and not allow them to to get you into the goalie. Now. The organization seems to project you as the next Patrick Hornquist. They feel like you do a lot of the things that, that he does. Do you see that as a valid comparison? I mean, I'm sure you feel like you've got a long way to go, but 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 I do see similarities. Um, I, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's tough to just, uh, you know, say that just because I, I have so much respect for Hornquist and, and the player he is, and what he does is really hard to replicate. But, um, you know, I... I like the way he plays. He plays a hard-nosed game, and, and I try to do my best to replicate that. And, you know, I think developing his skill set over the next couple of years can be beneficial for myself and, and the organization. Well, I, I think so, too. And the one thing I always am curious about when I look at a player like Cornquist is how he feels when he gets up the next morning. I mean, you've, you've, you've played that way for a few years. He's played that way for 10 more years, Zach. <laughs> yeah. how, how do you think you'll feel when you're that age? Do you ever wonder about that? Uh, I mean, it crosses your mind every now and then, but modern science <laughs> has, uh, has brought some good treatments and, and all the all the research and, um, you know, um, resources we have. It's made it a lot easier to take care of your body, you know, with, whether it's nutrition or massages or um, workouts. Um, you know, it's just the matter of putting in the extra time to take care of your body. Now, Zach, you've played a couple games with Sidney Crosby as your center. What's that like? Because to some degree, you being a rookie, it's got to be intimidating. Uh, I mean, I think looking from the outside, it's it's um, easy to see it that way. I mean, especially like I watched him growing up my whole like since he his first year in the NHL. Um, but as soon as you're on his line, I mean the puck's on your stick and you're making plays and he's just a really nice guy like off the ice away from the rink he just makes you feel like you're you're part of the family and part of the team now, now on the 2 on 0 last night do you feel like you gotta give him the puck I mean how does it look 
if the rookie doesn't give Sid the puck on the 2-1-0. You've got to be thinking that, Zach. Uh, no, I, I didn't even know it was him. I just saw a stick out of the Oh, come on! I just, I, that's what you want to do. You give it over and try to get the goalie to bite one way and then give it back. And um, You know, I was mad at myself that I didn't hit him out of the air because, I mean, that's what guys work on after practice, just messing around his bat and pucks and stuff like that. Um, and then I had the second chance back door too, which was a really nice play by him. Um, yeah, those things happen sometimes. Well, well, now, did he surprise you by giving it back? Because, Zach, future reference, I've, I've covered Sid every day of his career here. He's always going to give it back. But were you surprised when he did? Uh, no, I was, I, I was just expecting it. I wasn't expecting it to hop up like that. Um, so I tried to adjust my body and, and whack it all in one motion and just completely missed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll, you'll, you'll get another chance with, with him and that pass. I can guarantee that now. Uh, what's it like being in the NHL, you know, and it's still your first full pro season. Uh, you must be very pleased with the timetable. That's a, that's a fairly rapid rise, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, down in Wilkes, it's just the organization, the Penguins organization from top to bottom is just unbelievable. Down in Wilkes, like it's a great team, great coaches, um, you know, and they really take the time to help you develop. Um, I mean, you just look over the past couple of years, the guys that have come up and, and done well, and even this year, um, you know, it just speaks volumes to, to the organization. Yeah, and I think they have a good grip on when guys are ready because when you were in the minors and we had trouble scoring a bit up here and there were some injuries, people said, bring up Reese, bring up Reese, bring up Reese. And, and the organization you know, said, well, maybe not yet. But now that you're here, it seems like they picked the right time because you really do appear to be ready. Yeah. I mean, I was I was struggling early on. I had um, you know some off-site stuff with – I don't know if you heard the tooth and all that. All that yeah, no, I did. Nonsense. Um, but I mean, as, as beyond that, it's just the transition from college life to, I guess, real life and pro life is, is just, um, you know, a bit of a process and that takes time. And, you know, I valued my time down there and it took a little time, but I mean, I think it was really beneficial. Well, we'll stay with that for a second, Zach. It's a bit of a cliched question, but what's the big difference now that you're playing in the NHL? What were the jumps like from college and then to minor pro and out of the big time. What were the biggest differences, let's say, on the ice? On the ice? Um, I think the biggest difference, well, in college you can't fight. So, um, you know, there's a lot, a lot of stuff you can get away with and, and things you can say um, that you might not <laughs> you might not want to say at this level and do. But um, beyond that, just um, the ability to make plays quicker. So... It's all the same plays, but you just got to be able to make them quicker as far as getting pucks on the wall for the breakout, um, playing in ozone you know, uh, cycles and trying to find guys in the slot. Everything has to be a lot quicker. Now, you took the college route and did very well at Northeastern. You made first-team All-American as a senior. How did college hockey, in particular, prepare you for the NHL? I know there's a lot more practice than games, and sometimes I wonder if that's beneficial when I look at all the college players the Penguins have. Yeah, I think um, you have well, you have four years there, like pretty much um, guaranteed. So, you know, it's, if it's not going well your first two years, you still have another two years. Um, 
And I think that's a crucial time because, you know, it's a big difference between when you're 18 and when you're 21, mentally and physically. Um, so just having that, that extra two years, three years, um, whereas when you play juniors, you might not have. Uh, it's just a big growing period. We're talking to Zach Aston, Reese of the Penguins. You're on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. Now, staying with your college days, you were a bit of a late bloomer as a goal scorer, but you exploded with 31 goals as a senior at Northeastern. What do you think made you blossom in that regard? Why did the puck start going in with that frequency? <laughs> I started eating my Wheaties every morning. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think it was just consistency in my preparation. Um, we had a really good group of guys there my junior and senior year. Um, you know, and those, uh, the line that's in Northeastern right now, the senior line, they're called the Big Three. They're all having great seasons. Uh, Sakura, Goddard, and Stevens. Um, so, I mean, we had guys like that at the rink every day, pushing each other and working with each other. Um, and then things just started to translate from practice into games and, and before you know it, 31 goals. Well, yeah, I know scoring's a habit, and hopefully it's one you can you can stay in. Uh, and you got your first NHL goal Tuesday, and it got set up by Sidney Crosby. That must have felt amazing on so many levels to get your first goal and have that guy pass you the puck. Yeah, it was, it was pretty special. Um, I think we we only had probably like nine shots on goal in the in the first period. We were, you know, kind of getting a little bit outplayed, so we just talked about throwing pucks on the net. Um, you know, I had a not not the best angle, and it wasn't the best shot. I think if you watch the replay, it's fluttering. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get the puck to the net, and yeah, it's crazy what he can do when you when you just give him some space. He'll put the puck right on your stick. Well, now that you're here in Pittsburgh, Zach, do you think you can stick? Do you think that opportunity exists? I think so. I mean, um, you know. I'm just trying to take it one day at a time and one game at a time. Because um, the thing up here is no matter where a team is at the top or bottom of the standing, it's a tough game every night. Um, you know, every team has their stars, and then they have good players from their first to their fourth line. Um, so I'm just seeing as far as the next game, um, and that's been my mindset. Now the Penguins are going for a third straight Stanley Cup. You've probably heard about that. Uh, even as a rookie, Zach, it's got to be pretty easy to get invested in that. Uh, you, you're barely in the league, and you're trying to help make history. That's uh, That really is a, a daunting thing to think about, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, at any level when, uh, you know, that's on your mind, you just try to try to block out all the noise and, and um, you know, just play your game and, and play as a team. Well, Zach, this was great. Uh, thank you for taking the time. It's good to have you here in Pittsburgh and continued success. We'll see you at the rink tomorrow. Thanks for having me. Sounds good. That is Zach Aston Reese. Uh, what a polite, soft spoken young man. And boy, he'll whack you. I like that part about, well, you can't fight in college. So there's certain stuff you can do and say and get away with. And boy, ain't that the truth. Uh, great to, to have Zach on the show. Thanks to Jen and Jason, the PR uh, gurus at the Penguins for making it possible. We got John Steigerwald at 4.30. You know, you know what? I, I need. Remember when I took like the five-month break from Twitter? Was that about a year ago maybe? I, I do. I had these two jamokes on Twitter. I'm going to retweet some of their stuff. They're trying to make me feel bad about raising money for the Lemieux Cancer Foundation. Listen to this, this one uh, 
This one guy just tweeted. Yeah, it's Mark and Mario who are saving the kids, not the researchers, doctors, other helping professionals, and the vast majority of funding that comes from the National Institute of Health. So me and Mario, we're wasting our time. Mario, if you're listening, how about this? We'll just take that money. We'll go play golf. I'll caddy. People are such dinks. 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. You live by the ass, you die by the ass. Well, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that subject. Wait a minute. Prostitution's illegal? The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. You know what's kind of scary? Little bit scary. Look at the NHL standings. The Penguins could very easily play Philadelphia in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Penguins would be favored. I'd bet on Pittsburgh. Philadelphia is weak in goal, and now Brian Elliott's hurt. The Flyers are weak in the back, too. But the Flyers can score. They got two guys in the top 10 scores, Giroux and Voracek. Couturier is inexplicably at number 18. So the Flyers can score goals, and those rivalry series are so often dangerous. Look at 2012 against Philadelphia. The Penguins got too emotional and got knocked out by the Flyers. I bet the Flyers don't even make the playoffs. But if they do, they could play Pittsburgh. It's still a crazy race in the Metro. The Penguins aren't safe yet. But Pittsburgh versus Philadelphia would be a dangerous series if it happened. Exciting, but very dangerous. Uh, Like I mentioned, I've been watching some of the Olympics. The women's hockey game Wednesday was very good. USA-Canada, Canada wins 2-1. to They will play again. That was group play. I don't know what the two top seeds are both doing in the same division. That seems to be flawed bracketing, but uh, they will play again in the final. I don't get a lot of these events, like the luge. You ride a sled down a hill, and everyone finishes within a second of each other. Why isn't Clark Griswold on the U.S. team, the luge team? His time had to have been amazing in that uh, Christmas vacation movie. The weird thing about a lot of Olympic sports is no one pays any attention to them except during the Olympics. I've never seen luge on TV otherwise. There is not a local luge league or even a local luge track. There's no money in luge. Why the frig would you luge? Maybe you figure you have nothing to luge. Get it? 412. I was going to tell a story about my vacation, but I'm just going to wait for John Steigerwald because he's in next. I did see a bunch of movies over vacation, though. I'm sure people think I go to New York. I'm at like a club every night. Dude, Studio 54 closed. I'm 57 years old. I watched movies. I was going to go to the theater to watch them, but they were already on my hotel cinema. See it here while it's still in theaters. I watched Darkest Hour. Brilliant. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, even better. And then for some reason, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, which was a distant third, but still not all that bad. John Steigerwald next, 105.9. 
And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Yeah? Hi, Mark. Big fan. It's double M. Let me hear you woo. Hi, woo. Well, then you ain't talking, bitch. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. Joining me now in studio, 40-year broadcasting veteran. Didn't even shut off his mic before he coughed. That's how much that experience <laughs> came into play. He is an author of two very well-received books. He is the king of old school, John Steigerwald. Stag, David Free said today, basically, oh, I know. the Pirates have a crap attitude because management doesn't make winning a priority. Talk about breaking news. Yeah. Who would have thought? I see Captain Obvious showed up for spring training. Yeah, I was going to say, how long did it take him to figure that out? Here's the thing. The Pirates, I, I was talking about the Pirates' culture of losing 10 years ago. And, and they kind of... I mean, it, it's kind of hard to accuse a team of having a culture of losing when it wins 98 games and, and had the three-year stretch that they had. But the culture of losing is back, and he's noticed that, and he's only he, he wasn't here for the 98-win season. So he's seeing now what all those other guys saw prior to the 13, 2013 to 2015 well, 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 right, because, boy, imagine a team wins 98 games in 2015 and then gets totally disassembled in the course of eight months I can see where the guys who were left behind might have crappy attitudes. Right, and well, how do you think the guys who were left behind feel in spring training this week with uh, with no McCutcheon and no Cole? And they know. Well, especially like a Josh Harrison. Not, yeah. not that he's a great player, and, you know, but he's 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 the best player. Well, he's not as good as Marte or well, he's better than Polanco. You, he's you not know what better I mean? than Bell yet, right now. Harrison's a guy who feels he deserves better right now. Right. I would think, and David Fries appears to feel that way too. I'm not sure he does. I said the irony of the situation is, Stag, if the Pirates organization was run right, David Fries probably wouldn't have a job. That's right. Or he'd play a lot less. That's right. He wouldn't, and nobody would care what he had to say because he wouldn't, he'd either be such a minor player or he wouldn't be here. But as I said, to me, it's, it's just a guy seeing now what the guys 10 years before him saw. That I mean, I used to go in the locker room when I, when I, before I was smart enough to stop. And you couldn't tell the difference between uh, after they had won a game or lost a game. They, it was just nobody cared. They could lose a game 10 nothing. It didn't it's matter. It's somebody working at a job they don't particularly like. And they do make, it because yep. they're getting a check, Yep. but that's why they show up. And and Freeze talked about how uh, they were losing 10-2 in the rain to Chicago. Right. And guys were in the dugout laughing. Right. I understand where you'd be upset by that, but chicken crap knows it can't be chicken salad. And if you don't laugh, you cry. Right. They shouldn't laugh, but I kind of get it. Gallows humor, if you will. Yeah, and and they are laughing at the um, absurdity of their situation. Here we are trying to catch this team. We're never going to catch them. The 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 pro, the prospects of us ever being in the same quote unquote league with this team are pretty much zero. And now we're losing ten to two, and they're making us sit here in the rain. Uh, I'd be. I would look. I wouldn't blame guys who play for the Pirates for caring about one thing. What's what did I go four for five today? And where's well, my actually, contract? That's one thing about baseball is that it's such an individually based game because of the stats. Yep. That I think guys on bad teams have more to play for than like say uh, the left guard on a bad football team. That's right. If you're if you're uh, fifteen games out in August and going nowhere, but you are a guy who's a year or two away from a contract situation. You want to go four for four. You want to hit a home run. You you want to you want to strike out fifteen guys because you're you're selling your product and 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 it is an individual thing. You can be losing fifteen to nothing and still want to come up and hit a home run. Now, uh, Freeze had one quote which I thought was very telling. 
He said the organization is structured so that if a guy like Jamison Tyon, who comes through the ranks, you know, makes the team, yep. at some point, if you succeed, you either have to sign a team-friendly contract or you have to be prepared to just be bounced out because financially you don't fit. To which I responded, and that's true, by the way. Yep. Look at guys they've traded before they had to pay off the biggest money of the contract, including uh, Andrew McCutcheon. Right. But if I were in the Pirates organization, I would not take one penny less than I felt I deserved. I would not do one thing team-friendly because team-friendly, in the case of the Pirates, only benefits their bank account and not what the team does in the standings. Yeah, I agree with that, but here's the thing. If if I'm... Well, case in point, Stag, before, I, before yeah. I get off the train of thought, if like 10 guys signed for $2 million less each than, mm-hmm. they, than they could get... The Pirates wouldn't take that $20 million and reinvest it to make the team better. No. They would just keep the $20 million. That's right. Yeah, that's just what they do. But I, at the same time, if I, I can remember saying at the time when Gregory Polanco was, was turning down $60 million guaranteed or talking about it, I think it was $60 million. I'm sorry, if you're 22 years old and somebody offers you $60 million guaranteed, you take it. You take it. Now, you can worry about whether or not you've signed up for a bad team uh, over the next two or three years, but you're never, ever, ever going to have to worry about money again, nor will your kids, grandkids, great-grandkids. Well, except for all those guys that go broke, but that's a yeah, different well, that's, 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 that's a different issue. But I, I, I say take the money. I would look at it in some ways. I would say, okay, I'll take your $50 million. But you know, and I'll. But if if you well, t- if you sign for fifty million, you're going to get the fifty million, no matter who ultimately pays you, right? Whatever portion. What, of what it. did McCutcheon get guaranteed? I don't. It was it was a good number. Yeah, no, he got a great deal, but it's just, you know, the point remains. I want to give the Pirates a break, no, not no. one break. Well, and if I were the and, Pirates, and Freeze, that point about Tyon's well made, and I'm glad he made it before Tyon gets to arbitration because we'll see it play out. Right. I, if I were the Pirates, though, I would if. If Andrew McCutcheon wanted to stay here, I wouldn't want him. If he was that, because <laughs> That's like Groucho Marx. I wouldn't join any well, club because, that would have uh, me as a I, I, my, my feeling would be as a competitor and as a general manager, I'd say, how can this guy stand to come and play for this team and know he's going to be 37 games out in August? And he, why, wouldn't he, why wouldn't he want to get out of here? Now, Clint Hurdle said, quote, this place is going to explode when we win it all. Sure it is. Uh, that's just silly. That, uh, you know, David Freeze sounds like a teller of truth. Clint Hurdle just sounds like an ass when he says that. Right. He sounds like he's trying to be Jake Taylor from the movie Major League, <laughs> right, right. which was, after all, just a movie. Right. Now, um, how many? I, I don't know how many years um, he signed up for, uh, Clint. I mean, he's, he signed an extension. I don't know how many well, more years see, he's got. I, I think for a guy like Hurdle and Huntington, you know, upper management, yeah. I think the Pirates provide a, a modicum of job security because oh, yeah. when you're not looking to win... You well, know, that's what I mean. To maximize profit, you're judged by a different standard, and frankly, it's an easier standard. That's what I mean. It's a, it's a, he's got another few years guaranteed, and he's going to get that money no matter how many games they win, and he's not going to be around long enough to be, be proven wrong on Heard his a prediction. Hurdle four-year extension, by the way. Okay. Which I don't think, I mean, guy's not in the greatest health. You could you, yeah. you know that by looking at yeah. it. Yeah, right. And, and at me. Right. We're talking to John Steigerwald, the king of old school, here on the Mark Madden Show. Uh, the Vegas over-under for the Pirates wins is 72. Uh, that sounds about right. That's three less than last year. I don't think they're going to plummet because they lost Kutch and Cole, but they won't do as well. If they win 72 games, which would be about the same, how will the citizens respond? Uh, apathetically. 
Nobody cares anymore. See, I don't <clears> think <throat> attendance... I, I've told you this. Right. Attendance has dropped 600K over the past two years. Mm -hmm. I think anybody who's going to stop going has already stopped or going. Or should have. I bet attendance only drops like 100,000 this year, maybe 150. Yeah, and again, I say this all the time, and people don't look into it, and I don't I don't know if they have the answer to it, but teams know what kind of attendance they're going to have long before opening day. Right, right, because and they baseball, know right now. baseball is an advanced ticket sport. Right. Well, really, all the sports all are. All of now. them are. All of them are. And that's why, that's why, Mark, I used to defend the Pirates when they would have a six-game winning streak back when they were really bad and uh, the Cardinals would come to town and only 18,000 showed up on a Friday night and people were jumping up and down saying there should have been 35,000 people there. 17, 15, even 12,000 people don't all of a sudden decide to go to a game on a Friday because the Cardinals are in town and the Pirates won six games in a row. That's not how, not how you draw crowds. Never happens. Not here, not anywhere. You don't sell tickets walk up tickets you just don't and it would happen if the penguins stunk for a long time and uh, all of a sudden they went on a hot streak and and uh, the a team that the you normal know, flyers were in town and only 14,000 showed up be the same thing people just aren't going to storm out and buy tickets because you won 5 games in a row it doesn't work that way now if you were the penguins let's let's turn to hockey a team that really does Actually, all it can to right. win if you were the penguins would you give up too much in a deal for a third line center Somebody like Broussard from Ottawa, because you're taking a run at a third straight cup, or should you never make a bad deal? I well, I don't think you should ever make a bad deal. I, what's their record in what was what's their record in the last month? Well, they they've won uh, eight of their last ten with an overtime loss. So yeah, eight, but, one but, they, one. but they also won like four, twelve of their last sixteen or thirteen of their last. They're 16. doing very well. Pretty good. So, uh, do you think they should be pretty happy about the fact that they didn't? Make a panic deal in December when they were really looking bad and think well, yeah, they had to and shake Rutherford, things up. Rutherford, you know, knows what he's doing. Sure, uh, you know there were a couple of hiccups the first year, but that often happens in transition from yeah. GM to GM. Uh, I, I think their three most marketable assets, and I could be mistaken, are Connor Sherry from the big league roster, mm -hmm. Tristan Jari, the number two goalie who's pretty good, but the Penguins have a lot of goaltending depth, including that Gustafson kid there, their top pick from a couple years back. And Daniel Sprong, who they hate. Yeah. Okay. I would trade one of those guys in as high as a second-round pick for Broussard, who's under contract through next year. I would want Ottawa to pick up some of his cap in exchange for such a price, but I'd give one of those assets and a second-round pick. I don't think I'd go higher. No, no I matter don't. what beckons in terms of you know winning a third straight Stanley Cup, a trade offers no guarantee, so I wouldn't go higher. That sounds about right. Now, you ask, answer me this. Is... Is Broussard, if you get him, is he for the playoffs, or is he to? What what, what are you getting him for? Because what's he? What is he? Well, what do you off, want from him? First off, in Pittsburgh, knows he's good because he kills the Penguins. Yeah. On the negative side, he'd never get to play against the Penguins. Right. In the playoffs. No, he's just a good physical two way center who puts up, you know, above average numbers. He'd be mm -hmm. the of all the guys, and I don't know for sure that he's available. Stag, I'm just going on the premise that Ottawa's out of it, and they're going to have a fire sale. Yeah. But but of the of the perceived options out there, to me, he is by far the best. Well, that I guess what I'm getting at is I, I heard I, I haven't said this all day. You know what's funny? Sometimes I hear stuff last night and forget to say it. I heard the Penguins are definitely talking to the Rangers about Michael Grabner, who has 25 goals, but he's a wing. That said, yeah, he's extremely fast and would fit in great with this yeah, team. Yeah, he has uh, he has the speed. But I, I just I when you're making a deal on a team that's been as successful as the Pirates, uh, Pirates, the Penguins have been the last couple of years, and they're they're really playing well now as well as anybody in the league, and they look as they might look like the best team in the league right now. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, am I getting in Broussard? Am I getting something I really need? That's what I don't know. Yes. I mean, uh, okay. You still think uh, you need that at this if point? If you had Broussard, well, I mean, you need it desperately. I think Shane's done well enough. He wouldn't be Benino. Then again, a lot of his his stats are better than Benino to this point in both their respective tenures in Pittsburgh. But but I think if you get Broussard, when you go from one through four, Crosby, Malkin, Pretty Broussard, and, and Shane, that's the best center position in the league and centers the most important position in the league except for goal and i, I think it would be uh, it would be interesting also to see i mean we saw broussard uh, playing for ottawa he's a tough guy but but it would be interesting to see how he would what kind of a player he would become not that he needs to become anything that much better but what kind of a player he'd become in this atmosphere well he's done well in the playoffs before too so so i but he, i mean i'm just saying coming in this group it may really fire him up he, he may. Well, coming, I've always thought that when you get a guy joining a, a good team from a bad team, because Ottawa's been horrible all year, mm-hmm. that that adrenaline rush means an awful lot. Yeah, I do too. A, an awful lot. So uh, I, I think there's a number of good reasons to get this guy. I'm just getting the stats right now. 16 goals, 16 assists this year. Has had as many as 27 goals in a season. That was with the Rangers. And uh, looking at his playoff numbers, fifty-five points in seventy-eight games, Nothing wrong which with is that. which is very good third-line center. He only has three numbers. fewer goals than Sidney Crosby right now, right? What's Crosby have? Nineteen. Yeah, Sidney has like 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 ninety more assists. Yeah, 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 but still, I mean, he's a goal scorer. Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel each have sixty-six points. That's amazing. Who has been their MVP this year? Out of those three, Malkin. See, that's a tough call. Kessel's been the most consistent of the three. Yep. But Malkin has now, I think, 18 goals in his last 17 games. And I give a guy extra credit when he's been the primary catalyst behind a team's big surge that gets That's them to where they want to go. He's been the guy during this big surge. I also think that with Crosby, uh, always, when you're talking, when you're having an MVP discussion, you can discuss the other people and their stats, and you can discuss Crosby's stats and compare them, and then there's the other Crosby factor, the grinder factor, and all the other things he does. Well, no, the other don't get me wrong. Don't, if you made don't me, show up on the score If you made sheet. me pick one player, I'd pick Crosby. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. But I think Gino. I, I think Gino. The last three years has been, even though some of his years were better statistically, I think in terms of his all-around play and his ability to take over a game, like I just said, be a catalyst. Yeah. He's been at his peak. Uh, uh, are you watching the Olympics at all? No, not at all. No, zero. You're saying literally zero. Not one second. So you can't tell me what the half pipe is. Because I know I, what it I, is. I've seen some highlights. What and is I know it? it's it's uh, nobody will tell me snowboarding on that, and they flip around. They do black backflips, and so it's I like know. it's like skateboarding on a oh, snowboard. Okay, okay, like they do that with skateboards. It's like that. Yeah, that that terms apply. And now the super genius Mark Madden. Yeah, you do, Mr. Madden, big fan. Super genius. I love the show. What he likes ain't legal nowhere but Medellin. The X at one oh five nine. Joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Stag was brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. i got to catch up here. Get back in the groove of every single thing I say being sponsored. Uh, Bob, uh, I heard last night that the Penguins are talking to the Rangers about Michael Grabner, who, who's up over 20 goals, not many assists, not a center, though. A wing, one of the faster skaters in the league. I think it'd be a great fit. But is that a guy they really need, and how much would you give up for him? Um, is he the guy they really need? No. Is he a guy they could use? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think you said, what, 23 goals? Uh, he's still blazing fast, so he fits in there perfectly. 
Um, he's done some damage to the Penguins in the past, but I don't think you really need him if he's not going to be the center because things are going so well for the uh, Penguins right now, Mark. I don't know if you want to screw around with anything but that exact need. You know, I think uh, Jim Rutherford is going to be... Well, it would depend on the price paid for Grabner. Yeah, but even then so. I mean, even if you could maybe get him for a steal or not a steal, but a trade that you think you handedly won, um, if he's not that center, then where would you put him or how would that mess... Not not mess things up, but where would he fit in if he's not going to solely be that center? He is a bargain, like... uh, uh, well, he's when 30, I say bargain, right? he's not older than thirty. Well, it doesn't matter. He's a rental. He's a he's a one point six five million dollar cap hit, and he's in the last year of his contract. I don't know if I'd give up one of the three. Uh, as I said earlier, there are three major marketable assets that they might be willing to part with, unless I really miss my guess. Are Sherry, Jari, and Sprong? Sprong, yeah. I wouldn't. I, I would you give up any of those just for a guy for? The rest of this season, I don't know that I would. No, not for the rest of this season. But if you get somebody like a Broussard, who I think that they have for a modified no trade next year also, he's not expensive. He crushes the Penguins. He would be, you know, addition by subtraction on one end. But I think he would really be a good fit here. But he's going to be too expensive, isn't he? I mean, even say you give up Sprong. Well, well, Grabner has a $5 million cap hit. But but if like I said earlier, I would give up one of those three assets, either Sprong, Jari, or Sherry, plus a second round pick. But then I'd want Ottawa to pick up a lot of his cap hit for the rest of this year. Certainly, yeah, makes total sense. And and, and, and but but the thing is, is that I, I think Ottawa would want more than that and might get more than that somewhere else. Yeah, with the way their their team's going right now, I don't think forget that you they have some teams him. that would want a Broussard just to make the playoffs. And there go, therefore, might give up more because there's great financial stake in just making the playoffs. Exactly. That was going to be my reasoning right there. Jim Rutherford was on the show the other day when he did the GMJR show. Um, you know, he said he's going to be busy. He is going to, you know, highlight and search for that center. He is going to be active. He thinks it's going to be a very busy trade time um, because there are more teams that are right on the cusp of making the playoffs or getting bounced out of it. So you might be right there just by simple. You know, the formula of somebody else's, how much they need somebody like a Broussard, that may put the Penguins out of the mix because somebody will overpay. Uh, and, and I'm not a believer they should make a bad deal because they have only one chance to win a third straight cup. I, I think agree that's how you, you get your team in trouble. Then again, if you're not going to finish first, you might as well finish last and rebuild the Penguins' way. If you were going to put those three assets in order, Mark, which one would you most likely or would you be the most okay with parting with? Because I would say Sprong. Well, I think Sprong is the most valuable of the three assets, but but they hate him. <laughs> so so I I can't you know I think I, no offense to Connor Sherry I think he's easily replaced and what he does is easily replaced. Uh, Even if he's the most I valuable think, right think, now, well, it depends what the other team needs too. Jari's not going to come in and do much for you right now. He's not going to get your team to the Stanley Cup final. And I don't want to trade him because I don't trust the Smith as my number two for the playoffs. That's fair. So from that standpoint, Jari, for me, might be the toughest to part with. Real quick, Bob, what was your take on what David Freeze said today where he basically said that winning is not expected uh, in that Pirates clubhouse because it's trickled down from up top? I think it was right on, and I think it's what fans have been thinking for a while. You and John Steigerwald just talked about it. You could have well, I don't this. think it's revolutionary that he no. said it. I think he's just stating 
the obvious, what I've stated many, many times. Well, the one thing that I was, I just smiled at is that he said, look, you've got the Penguins and Steelers in this town, and they're at this level. You would think that we would try and be at that level also. And, I, and I'm obviously paraphrasing, not verbatim, but he's right on point with that one. When you've got two teams doing what they're doing right now and the success that they are having, and then you've got the Pirates lagging behind like they are, and they don't care that you know that they're going to run their business like that. They don't care that you see right through them now. They're not even trying to mask it or no, hide No, no, no. That, 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 well, that'll be my cold hard facts at 530, so please do. I'm Stay done. tuned. Uh, Bob, did you see uh, uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri? No, but I heard you talking to Sean McDowell about it. Uh, did, and I did you see, uh, see it. Darkest Hour? Uh-uh. Did you see War? I-, I got the name wrong, by the way. It's War for the Planet of the Apes. No. I've never seen any of the Planet of the Apes except for the old 70s What ones. planet are you living on? Apparently <laughs> not the one populated and ruled by apes. That's Bob McLaughlin brought to you by 84 Lumber. Up next, I give my review kind of of Robert Plant at the Beacon Theater, New York, Wednesday night. Also, we haven't taken one call all day. If you'd like to chime in on any of this crap, 412-333-WXDX.